Thanks for listening to our Legacy Church podcast. We hope that today's message helps you in your walk with Christ and you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. I want to speak about the power and the blessing of unity. We are living in a time where the enemy is breathing a a spirit of division, lawlessness, self-actualization, where man is lifted up as God. God is diminished, but we come against that through the power of God's Word. We come against that spirit of disunity. We come against that spirit of separation. We come against that spirit of division by the authority and the power of God's Word and His truth. The truth sets us free. Amen? So we will not walk in the spirit of this world. We will not walk according to the ways of the enemy that he would speak over society. We are the church. We are those that bear the light of God's word, the light of of heaven, the power of love and unity that this world so desperately needs. You know, in in the passage of Scripture, in Romans 12, 4, it says, So in Christ... We, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. See, you don't come into the body of Christ and the church as an individual. You come as someone who's been lost and being reattached to your family. You come as a son and a daughter that has been lost in the world, but somehow by God's grace, your Father in heaven, has attached his spirit to you, and you are drawn into a family. That is the church of Jesus Christ. We belong together, people. The church is the only place on earth where you can truly see what the love of a family looks like, where every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every color, every age joins together in the love of Christ. There is nothing more powerful than the church of Jesus Christ. And so today I want to talk about you and me as individuals and as a body collectively having the spirit of unity, the spirit of unity, the spirit of togetherness. You know, I call it a spirit because you can sense spirits. You can see spirits. You can feel spirits. Anger is a spirit. If you walk into a situation where there's hostility, where there's anger, you can sense that spirit. See, disunity is a spirit that separates, divides, whispers, and hides. It avoids looking directly into your eyes. I should have been a rapper. I don't know what's going on. You know, we have amazing rappers in this church. I think your anointing is getting on me. Unity walks together, works together, has same vision, not division. It faces the same direction, not insurrection. 9-11-2001, this country faced one of the greatest tragedies that it had ever experienced, especially in our homeland. And after the shock, 
of it all, an incredible spirit of unity rose up in this nation. Where once it was not politically correct to pray in the public schools. It wasn't correct to speak the name of Jesus on national TV. When that shock came upon this nation, unity arose, togetherness arose. You heard everybody praying. You saw everybody not afraid to mention the name of Jesus. Students gathered, teachers gathered, and everything that was supposed to be incorrect, not to allow God in anything, all went by the wayside because the power of unity and togetherness came upon this nation. You know, I remember uh, that time specifically because we as a church, we said we need to do something. And so I don't know if I think it was the week after 9-11, um, we made some phone calls and we said, hey, you know what? We should just bring the community together and just pray. So we got a hold of the superintendent of schools in, in Smithfield and we said, hey, can we, is it possible that we can use the field at the high school to hold a prayer gathering? Absolutely. And all of a sudden the word started getting out and the firefighters called us. Can we be part of that prayer gathering? The police called us. Can we be part of that prayer gathering? The politicians called us. Can we be part of that prayer gathering? And we said, absolutely. We went to one politician. Will you read this scripture from the book of Psalms? We went to another person. Will you read this passage of scripture? No one said no. And everyone came together in the spirit of unity, in the spirit of togetherness, and started declaring the word of the Lord. What we thought was going to be a gathering of a few hundred people ended up being a gathering of 3,000 people. The place was mobbed. The firefighters brought their ladder. Someone gave us um, a giant American flag that we hung from the ladder. It was huge. They had lights shining on it. It was incredible, the power of unity. Because, see, if you're drowning, if you're drowning... Even if your worst enemy came, you would take that person's hand. And I say it's sad that we have to come to a place of desperation to come to a place of unity. Let that not be the case among us. We have to resist and fight against the spirit of disunity. Amen? Unity and togetherness has always been a theme in Scripture. It's a theme of the Godhead. We see in Genesis 1.26, the Godhead says, it doesn't say, God didn't stand up and say, I made man in my image. The Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit say, let us make men, man in our image. We see even at the baptism of Jesus, Jesus is being baptized. He was humble. He allowed John the Baptist to baptize him. And we see the Holy Spirit came upon him. And then we hear the Father God saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Even the Godhead has always existed together in unity. It's a powerful principle throughout the Scriptures. And we see even the, all the, the books of the Apostle Paul. He's written 13 books, maybe 14 with the book of Hebrews. 
every book, every letter elevates this theme of unity. It's so, so important. Togetherness, it's so, so important. We read in the book of Acts, he says this in Acts 1.14. They all join together. You keep seeing this word, together. You keep seeing this theme of unity from Genesis to Revelation. Acts 1.14, they all join together constantly. They join together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Acts 2.46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Psalm 133, one of our favorite psalms, many of us as Christians, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. How good and how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. For there, for there, for in unity, for in togetherness, the Lord bestows his blessing even life forevermore. Can we say thank you, Jesus, that you bring us to a place where we can learn these principles of unity and togetherness? The Apostle Paul prayed for us. He prayed for you. He says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Jesus himself prayed this amazing prayer that I believe is the reason why the church has existed for thousands of years and has not been abolished from the earth. Jesus prays, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you and I are in me and I am in you, May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. But in this passage of Scripture, it's saying that our togetherness, our being as one, releases salvation, releases faith. When people walk into churches that are unified, that have the love of Christ, that have the truth of God's Word, where people are saved and changed, and there's love, and there's unity, and there's togetherness. That is so powerful that it causes us to stop and say, God must be real. But when you start hearing the stories of people, and you see how God has taken them from a place of disunity and disconnection and brokenness and, and, and not having a family to now being filled with God's love and extending their love and, and their testimony. You say there must be a God. Amen? The power of unity, the power of togetherness. So what is God saying through all these scriptures? Number one, God adds to unity, not to disunity. God adds to unity. God blesses unity. He doesn't bless disunity. You want blessing in your life? you better get with unity. If you're on this side, there's no blessing but disunity. God gives power to unity, not disunity. There is power 
when we come together in Christ and there's unity within us, the spirit of unity is upon you. There's power that comes with that. And then you cannot be one with Christ. And we see this, that Jesus is saying this. You can't be one with Jesus without being in unity. You can't be one with Jesus with this unity upon you. He will not allow it. He cannot be present when this this unity. There has to be unity. See, all of creation speaks of the blessing of unity and togetherness. How many of you have been on a whale watch? Anybody? It's an awesome thing. I encourage you to do it. Go to the Cape and go on a whale watch. And we went on a whale watch once, my wife and I, and, and the kids, they were with us. And it was the most incredible thing to see whales together, together, in unity. And it's called breaching, where they jump out of the water together. And it's like, do these whales practice this? Do they go to dance school? Like, how do they do this? They're in perfect timing. They're in perfect alignment. It's called breaching. It's God is displaying unity. Have you ever watched ants? I remember when I was a kid, I was intrigued with watching bugs. And, and, and you see this ant hill, and you see these ants, and, and you see these ants just working in unity, you know, and they're carrying this dead something, and they're working in unity. You know, if you were an ant, you'd be able to lift up 9,000 pounds. That's amazing. If you were an ant, you'd be able to run 52 miles an hour. None of us would need cars. we just run to the beach. But you see God operating in creation. You know, there's something called murmuration, and it's when birds... Do we have a picture? These are birds called starlings. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but we have thousands of birds that will show up I don't know, a certain time of the year, maybe in spring, and they come and they perch themselves in these giant oak trees and they start flying together. You ever see that? In perfect unity. What is God trying to show us? What is God trying to show us? What is he speaking to us? Through creation. Because, see, unity is God's divine nature. It's within him. The Bible says in Romans 1.20, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. God is saying that we must live in accordance to his who he is which is a God of unity, a God of love, a God of togetherness. We cannot reflect God without having unity in our spirit. It's so important that we fight for unity because unity will protect you. Unity will bless you. And let me, let me say this. I believe that when you have a spirit of unity, we'll talk about what that really looks like. When you have a spirit of unity, you get healthy. You get healthy. You get spiritually healthy. You get emotionally healthy. You get physically healthy even. You know, imagine, imagine your body being in disunity. 
This leg this size wants to go that way. This leg this size wants to go this way. Right? Just picture. God has created our bodies to work in absolute perfect synchronization. Every single cell, every member of our body is together, working together. This unity, you know, this arm wants to go this way, this arm wants to go that way. And many times, if we can see ourselves, we, we look at ourselves and say, man, I'm a wreck. I am in disunity. You know what sin is? Sin is disunity with God's ways. Jesus came to break the power of sin, to break the power of disunity, to break everything that separates us from him first. And then he says, now listen, be joined together as one. Allow the spirit of unity to come upon your life. Because when unity comes upon your life, it affects every part of you. It affects the way you think. It affects the way you see people. It affects your love level. It affects your marriage. It affects your relationships with people. It affects your relationship with kids. It affects who you are in the workplace. It, it affects your boss's mentality when they see you. Is this person a person of disunity or a person of unity? It affects the raises that you get. It affects the type of jobs that you get. Right? Because people sense unity on you. I like this person. Why do I like this person? You're interviewing with them. And, and, and the interviewer's thinking, why do I like this person? They sense a spirit of unity. Number one, you're united to God. The Holy Spirit is on you. And there's a spirit that's on you. It affects every part of your life. And especially affects the church. The devil has worked overtime to separate and destroy churches. And he does it by putting disunity on us as people. We will not allow the spirit of disunity to come upon us. We will bind it in the name of Jesus. Amen? See, unity is God's divine nature. Disunity is in Satan's nature. The very first sin was the sin of disunity. Where Satan rose up and he says, why do I need to be connected to you? I will be God. I will be worshipped. And it's amazing that he convinced a third of the angels in heaven to follow him. That's a lot of angels, guys. How do he do that? Spirit of disunity is in him. It's in his being. The first sin of mankind was the, the sin of disunity. Think about it. Disunity between Adam and Eve and God. They became disunited with God. It's a powerful spirit. It's a powerful delusion. The Bible warns that unity will be attacked in the last days. We look at what's happening in the world today. It's a spirit of disunity. The Bible predicts it. The Bible says this is what's going to happen. But we cannot allow it to happen in us as his church. Amen? As Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ. Matthew 24, 12 says, Because the increase of wickedness, because of the increase of wickedness, the love, the love, the unity, 
the togetherness of most. This is scary. This is a scary scripture. The love, the unity, the togetherness of most will grow cold. And then the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 24, 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. Let's think about how do we get closer together? How do we love one another more? How do we get stronger in unity and good deeds? Not giving up. Listen. Not giving up meeting together. In these last days, we as believers, we need to be together now more than ever, guys. That's why we have crews. It's something that the church says, listen, we better listen and get together more. We, never, we better be one more because there's going to be an assault. There's going to be an assault, and, and we see it happen now, against the church, against Christians. To divide and to conquer and to, and to cause people to, to just believe anything they want to believe, you know. Because the devil wants to separate, but God wants to put us together. And it says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. As you see the day approaching. See, we need to encourage one another. Hey, you know, let's get together. Let's do something for God. Let's be together in this. That's God's heart for us. It's a powerful thing. In Matthew 18, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask, it will be done for us by my Father in heaven. Why doesn't the Bible say, you know, I tell you, that if you agree with me on anything, God pushes us together. Says, listen, this is the principle. Together. Husbands, wives, pray. Together. Have unity with your children. Breed unity. Men, breed unity into your family. Bring the spirit of unity, togetherness, love, into your marriage, into your families. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. It's the heart of God. He's a father. He wants us together. You know, the parable of the lost sheep is a story of somebody that's lost and disunited from the family, right? And Jesus said that he leaves the 99 that are together, and he's got to go. He's got to find that person and bring them together. It's his heart. It's his mind. But I want to say this. There's a difference between someone being lost and someone being in disunity. God looks upon a person who's lost with mercy and grace. But when someone is operating in disunity and divisiveness, and has a spirit of disunity upon them, he says this in Titus, warn a divisive person. Divisive means someone who forces division, who forces disunity. Warn them once, then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. Be careful of people that speak 
against unity. Be careful of people that speak against togetherness. Be careful of people that have a disdain for the church. They won't say it outright, but they won't connect. There won't be a togetherness. There's not a love of bringing, like the Father, bringing us together, bringing the family together. I don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. Beware. That's a spirit. It's deceptive. It wants to destroy your life. It wants to disconnect you. It wants to disconnect you. It wants to disconnect your marriage. It wants to disconnect your kids from the only thing on earth that has salvation is the family of God, the church of God. Come on, let's thank God for truth this morning. See, the road to disunity, you know you're on it. You know people are on it when you see pride, you see offense, unforgiveness. You're on the path of disunity, on the path of disunity. But let me give you three character traits in closing of somebody that is in unity. What does unity look like? What's the spirit of unity look like? Because we have to be alert. Because this is the spirit that we want upon ourselves. This is the spirit that I want on me. This is the spirit that I want on my marriage. This is the spirit that I want on my relationships. This is the spirit I want to bring into my workplace. This is the spirit that I want people to feel when I walk into a room. You know, when people walk into a room, you're either going to feel light, a breath of fresh air, or you're going to feel a spirit of darkness, doom, disunity, a sick spirit. Jesus comes to heal us of that, to deliver us of that, because you are called to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. You are called to bring unity, a refreshing spirit. Three character traits of someone in unity. Number one, they seek to be humble and pleasing to God. In everything, they're seeking to be humble. God, may, God you know, I'm, I'm prideful sometimes. God, keep my pride down. Help me stay humble, Lord. Help me stay humble, Lord, because I know your word says you're close to the humble. I don't want you ever not being close to me and pleasing to God. Philippians 2. Three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Spirit of unity. Number two, they seek peace. Disunity, there's a disdain towards it. They're convicted about it. They sense it. It's a spirit. It, it bothers them. I, I have to be a person of peace. I have to bring peace to this situation. They're open to correction. A person in unity is open to correction. Oh, I'm going wrong. I, I, I know, I know, I think I'm offended. You know, I, I'm, I, I know I've been separating. You know, thank you for correcting me. Thank you for reaching out to me. Thank you for bringing this up in me. They forgive easily, and they don't harbor offense. Offense will kill you. Offense will separate you. Unforgiveness is the number one killer of people. Unforgiveness. Jesus says, if you don't forgive, I won't forgive you. That's how important forgiveness is. See, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the unifiers, for they will be called children of God. Number three, 
someone in unity fights against disunity. They battle, they war against disunity, and they bring it into the light. Let me say this. Don't allow disunity to sit at your table and eat with you because you will be poisoned. It will poison you. It will poison you. Be careful, married people. You're having a tough time. And you go to work and you're sitting at the table of unbelievers that start telling you, you should get divorced. You should get divorced. You need to do this. Your husband's a bum. You can get better than your wife. She doesn't care about you. You are sitting at the table of disunity. If you eat of its fruit, you will die. You will die. Your children will die. Is it okay to speak truth in the church? Okay. You know, truth is, truth. God gives us truth to help us, not to condemn us. Don't let condemnation ever come to you. Because that's not Jesus' heart. But if the Lord doesn't say to us, listen, you see that flame? Don't touch that flame. They didn't tell me not to touch that flame. I'm telling you the truth, though, because you're going to get burned. That's to help us. There's no condemnation, Christ Jesus, but we have to preach the truth because we live in a world, we make up our own religions. We make up our own religions, and that doesn't help you. It doesn't please God. We will always be a church that teaches the truth, and then we're all accountable to what we hear. Amen? And it blesses our lives. The truth sets us free. Proverbs 16, 28. I'm going to ask the music minister to come forward. Proverbs 16, 28. A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. Ephesians 4, 29. Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their deeds, that it may benefit those who listen. Someone said this anonymously. We could learn a lot from crayons. Some are sharp, some are pretty, some are dull, while others bright. Some have weird names, but they all have learned to live together in the same box. God wants us to be together in unity with his spirit, which means asking God, God, sin is what separates me from you. Forgive me my sins. Help me to repent from my sins. Because I don't want to be separated from you. And secondly, God, let me be a person of unity. Unity that spreads unity wherever I go. That loves people. That loves my family. That loves my wife. That loves my husband. That loves your church, Lord. Loves your family. Thanks for listening today. We pray you are blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.